Bob never pulls the microphone. I used to be able to get like funny stuff to put in the beginning, but Bob <laughs> shoves the microphone all the way back so nobody can hear anything. So. That's right. He got smart. Yeah. <laughs> That's my soft rebuke. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, it's because there's everybody talking over each other and it's a hot mess anyway. So we're sorry. About that. <laughs> yeah, there's that too. <laughs> Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I uh, love you guys. Uh, yeah. I love you guys. It's favorite. I love you guys. Is that you? That's right. Where's the slow, brother? He's like, yeah, I got to do that when I get Welcome back to another episode of Broken Record Ministries. I'm Ronnie. Schmike is back with us. How y'all doing? The bearded wonder, Will, is back with us. Hey there. Silent, not so silent, Ron is back. I don't understand. <laughs> Hello. Perfect. Things are off the normal then. Yep. <laughs> Brother Bob's here. What's happening? The soft but powerful spoken Micah is here. How's it all going? <laughs> <laughs> Coffee Mike is in the house. I'm here. Hello. And the professor, Carl, is here. Present. Mostly. <laughs> Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Bearded Wonder, would you read our Bible verse for us? Yes. <laughs> Prove me, O Lord. Time out. Too, too Time fast, out. too fast. Slow Time down. out. Oh, you you start over. It? You have to. No, I have to yeah. reference. Nobody yeah. okay. else is going to know. Reference to chef. What we do. We do things right. Go ahead. Well, we'll anyway. Okay. okay. Kind of. Well, that's not right. Okay. All right. Tonight's verse, or today's verse, depending on when you are listening, is Psalm 26, 2. I'm reading from ESV. Prove me, O Lord, and try me. Test my heart and my mind. So our conversation this episode is how are you working? Most importantly, how are you working for God? Or how's he working you? Well, that's new. You didn't have that in the text. How's he working you? I like that, though. There's always two sides to a coin. Or to a record. Am I right? Am I yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Set it up. We'll spike it. <laughs> Anybody want to go first? 
I'll just say I don't work, so I'm not working there. That wasn't a question. He said, yes, it was. It was part of the question. Incorrect. He asked how God was working with you or you was working for God. Oh, wait a minute. He also said, how are you, what you working? Yeah. Like working. Like, don't think like job wise. Well, that's where I went. I didn't know. Yeah. So I thought, I thought it was going to be easy for me. I had a simple, I don't work, I'm out, I'm done. When is it Next. Never when has it simple. ever been easy? Never. Do we need to, we need to bring flashcards? <laughs> for applause? <laughs> for applause. Because this is not scripted. Spill the beans, Mike. Well, I, I think there's multiple ways to work for God. I think there's multiple ways God works on you. Right now, he's... He's working heavily on me in lots of areas. One of them is uh, judging others, of which I thought I had whooped. Wrong. Um, not incorrect. The, incorrect. <laughs> not the case. Um, I think working for God comes in various ways, whether it's a simple smile to someone that looks like they need one, showing the love of Jesus, uh, physically working at a project for him. I think all those are ways you work for God to expand his, his kingdom. How are you, though? Well, I'm just purely, I'm merely prefacing Perfect. what I may say. I'm not sure what I'm going to say. So I, 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 I'm backpedaling for what I'm going to say. Because I know you're explaining the topic to us. Oh, but I thought it needed explanation after Bob got all of it. I didn't get on you. Yes, you did. That's not the question. That's what he <laughs> says. That is not how I said it. figure up there in my hey, face. You for see one it? thing, my voice was just a little bit deeper than that. <laughs> it was a lot deeper than that. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. It was much more commanding. It wasn't the soft-spoken right. That wasn't the question. Better. Thank you. There we go. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> <laughs> and having nothing to do with the episode, could you do, like, Richard Nixon impersonation? I can. Oh. Okay. So that's what it sounded like to me. Really? I am not a crook. <laughs> the hog jaws moving. I am not a crook. <laughs> anyway, no, I think, I think, uh, for me, I... I figured out here lately I might be more of a facilitator than an actual person that works on a project. I seem to enjoy putting things in a line. So yeah. if that's useful to someone, good. If not, it's aggravating to me to do it because it bothers me when things aren't in a line. So I might be a little OCD. I don't know. But I like I like to make sure that all the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted. I like to think about things that are not being thought about or talked about. Why aren't we doing some things? Why aren't we doing this? Could we do this? I'm not saying we need to run out tomorrow and go do it, but let's talk about it. Let's plan for it. Planning is important. So you're a planner. I, I, I'm just saying. I, maybe. Because, yeah. like, I'm I'm on the seat of my pants or on the seat of the chair kind of person, right? Let's, let's go do it. Like, we were giving Ron a hard time before we were recording. Like, hey, I need help. And then, like, two days later, it's already done. And he didn't even tell us. Called nobody. Just yeah. saying. But, like, I, I'm the same way. Right? Like, you get it, if you can get it done right then, do yeah, it. Yeah, do it. Just like today. I'm just saying, I think planning when it comes to ministry, for me personally, is extremely important because it gives you, we need a calendar that you need to be working off of. That way you can see what you're going to need to fulfill his calling. If he's called us to hand out Bibles downtown St. Louis, well, that's going to take money. So we need to fundraise for money. 
It's on the calendar. We've got 50 days or whatever it might be to raise the money, to buy Bibles, to hand out. That's just kind of who I am. Right. Hoping that... Not to mention his memory's not all that great. <sighs> and there it is. And that's it. Didn't take long. <laughs> Why do you tell him how I limp too, Ron? Yes. Tell him that. I limp. <laughs> I limp. I can't say nothing on that one. You know, calendars are good, but... I don't think God works off our calendars. Not off, no, I'm not saying off our calendars, but I think it's a good idea to have things set up that you're going to be working on. I so, get that. So you I, get the I, way you're, I you know. totally understand what you're saying, but sometimes God changes them plans right right midstream. And that's okay. I, he's changed sermons on me midstream. Mm -hmm. Many times what we think is God's will in our life was not. Exactly. It was us trying to shoehorn shoehorn our own will mm -hmm. into his will. And I agree with that. And the thing is also, if you plan something out, like you were saying, he's liable to say, no, I don't want it done that way and just mess it all up anyway. No, no. I don't mess it up. Not mess it up. Change it. Change it. Make it right. Make it right. Make it right is what I'm saying. Shake it up is probably what you're Yes. There you go. I see what you're saying, though. You're an organizer. Correct. And, and I'm not downing him for that. I'm I just saying. No, I'm just, no, I'm just yeah, throwing the possibilities out I was there. just throwing clarification out. Was I know. I know. It's a rough room, isn't it, Ronnie? But the thing is. <laughs> a tough crowd tonight. Jesus didn't do it. I mean, he just did it. He just went. What was there, what was in front of him, he handled it at that time. You know what I mean? Of course, he knew what was going to happen, of course. So I guess that is kind but of a planning. Didn't. Yes. Yeah. All right. So, I mean. The spontaneous part of it is kind of what makes it so meaningful sometimes. The thing is, is when he sent them out two by two, they had a job to do, and that was just to go out two by two and trust what God had. Yeah, that was total spontaneity. That was total, yes, that was total spontaneous. From their perspective, yes. obviously not from God's. He's, no. he's sovereign. He he's pre-planned it, but he doesn't always tell us his plans ahead but, of time. I That's mean, you know, don't, is. there is a place for planning. I am not saying there's not. But me, myself, I just go with what God tells me to do at the time. That's, I mean, you know, if, if, if he say lay something on my heart to do it, I argue with him and go on. <laughs> because that's what I've done. I mean, at the restaurant, he laid it on my heart to pray for that guy, and I started warring with him. You know, I was making every excuse possible. I'm like, you really want me to, you really want me to embarrass that guy in this restaurant? Or, you know, do you want me to make people think different things about him or whatever, you know? Because I didn't care about me. It, it is what it is. They can think what they want about me. I just did not want to embarrass the guy, you know. But when he profoundly tells you to go pray, you better do it. And I agree with that. You know, so, I mean, and there wasn't no planning in that. I had no idea that was even going to happen. You know, God, when God decides he wants something done, He'll lay it on your heart. Yeah, I like, <clears throat> you know me, I like to have my stuff in order as well, especially yes, when it comes to my mechanic side, working on people's cars. But same token, even with that said, my plans get changed all the time. I can have it set up the way I want it. And two hours later, my whole week's been shot, you know, and I just got to roll with it. But now, do the other people understand that sometimes? No. No. So roll with it. What's God working on you about? What? Oh, you just you just stepped into that one. No doubt, because I wasn't gonna say anything. Yeah, now you are. Because I I mean, 
I got a lot of things that I feel that he wants me to do that I want to do. And I'm, uh, you know, but the timing ain't right evidently because I haven't been able to start it. You know, I've been wanting to do that thing in my garage, but yet every time I think it's time, something else comes up. So that there's, it feels like a battle for me because I'm ready to get in there. But yet, evidently, he's not ready for me to start. You're, you're in the starting blocks and I'm ready to hear that gun yeah. go off. And he's like, he, he won't fire. Intermission. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He won't fire the gun because it seems like every time I turn around, you know, I get phone calls. Hey, can you come help me do this? Can you come help me do that? And I'm like, okay. So I put off what I want to do because I feel he's calling me because I'm getting the phone calls to go do something else. So that's what I do. Eventually, hopefully, I can get back. <laughs> if not, so be it. So on the flip side of that question, you going and doing, helping others do their projects is what you're working for him, showing your work for him. I try. That's That's my intent. You know, fair enough. I don't. Yeah. If I see somebody that needs help, I help. Like today, I was at Bob's shop. They look like they need a little help. So I just jumped in and stuff. Well, in so many ways, (laughs) they they probably had it under control. But I I just look like they needed help. They had a lot of cars. I just started helping. And, you know, granted, I can't do a lot because I don't know the machines. But I can take a tire off. I can put a tire on. I can jack it up. I can take it out of the shop, pull another one in. But, I mean, mm-hmm. I could have left and went home and said, Bob, you deal with it. It's your Monday. <laughs> <laughs> but it just didn't feel right, so I stayed until about noon. Yeah. So Helped a lot. Micah? Will? <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I actually had to write it down as it popped in my head while others were talking so I didn't forget something so how I'm striving currently uh, is a refining process of my goal to be working for God uh, to pay attention with discernment and be perceptive and obedient to the Holy Spirit uh, that last part being the most recent in the last week uh just being very in a pity party i guess uh about not feeling like i deserve to be part uh and it's a lot of lies from the devil that are deep-seated um in my mental and spiritual health um but a lot of that a lot of you guys reached out and really helped that like i felt really bad last week for leaving out of nowhere and then you said don't be sorry (laughs) big mike said don't be sorry and i was like why am i being sorry about being vulnerable to a bunch of guys like just being open and honest like i shouldn't feel bad uh and the things that god's working on me uh the things that would normally have me be stressed like the not feeling part of or like at church I feel very crammed in and I don't have like a lot of space. Like, I don't feel like I can really move for this, that, the reason other, like my wife being beside me trying to 
bounce our kid. Like I'm not one of the I my brother in law Tyler does it all the time. He'll bounce his leg and I want to dead leg him. <laughs> <laughs> like just it's stop me too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh or just <laughs> feeling too crammed to be in the moment during worship. Uh so those things that would usually stress me out like that, God's been encouraging me like, hey, this is stressing you out, but be patient, like just breathe. I'm I'm working on it. I'm working on you. I'm perfecting it in you. <clears throat> like it's the same kind of stuff, like not feeling like I made the right decision to uproot my family and move to a new church. Like first three weeks was great. But that fourth week till last week was very questionable about if I made the right decision. Yet again, more lies come in. And it's a lot of stress. Just as I don't know if it's for everyone, but I know it's not just me, that you make the right decision for your families. Mm-hmm. And Satan likes to lie a lot. That's his work, line of work, and he does it well. Uh, but listening to God is much more important. Uh, but yeah, just having more encouragement through God's proof of refining me in those tense moments that I feel like it, God just says, breathe and wait, listen to me. I think you have to remember as we all do sometimes that our job is not easy as men because we're called to be the spiritual leaders of our family. And I know that some of the guys here have been blessed in the aspect of being that for a really long time. Some of us haven't, me included, you know, and we have to remember that responsibility in a way so heavy when you're following Christ, because like you said, you want to make sure you're doing the right thing. Is it the right thing for me to move my family to another church? Because a, you don't know a lot of people or the ones that you do how comfortable are you, you know, with the full, full truth, full honesty, all of that, but we're just called to do it. And so we have to do it. We have to obey. And that's something that's so huge too. in it is the fact of taking that calling on, you know? So I think you need to applaud what God's done in your life and that you're being obedient to it. Again, you don't ever want to do it in a boasterous fashion of look at me, look at me but you are taking a significant role in what he's calling you to do in your life. And to take that over and to become that is extremely hard because like he's told us, things won't be easy. You know, we just on our, uh, was it Matthew that we did this week? Matthew seven, Matthew seven. Yeah. And literally in there, it's not going to be easy. And, um, you know, so I think that that's something that we need to remind ourselves to do is to take, I I don't know if it's solace as much as it is pride in what we're doing, but not to be boasters for ourselves, to be boasters for him and what he's done in our life. Because if we don't take those little victories and we don't see, look at the, not look at the things I'm doing, look at the things he's doing in my life that I am just able to be a part of, whether it's preaching um, you know, at a church that needs a, a revival, whether it's being able to speak to people face to face and just that he, 
you know, trusting he's going to give the words, whether it's helping people with vehicles or in financial situations, any of those things are things from God. And if you're doing them for him, we need to be able to appreciate that because otherwise we're going to get lost in this pit of despair of why am I even doing this? Mm-hmm. And I can say this because I've been there recently. You know what I mean? And we all have to remember too. I believe the hardest thing is to pour into others because you have to remember you have to be filled back up and it probably brother Bob and I were talking about it last night. It probably takes double to pour back into yourself because of what you're given. And if you, when you're doing that, it is a calling from God to pour back into others. Mm-hmm. You know, so we have to remember how difficult it is, what we're doing. And it's only through him. It's not on us as far as we have to obey. But really, when you think about it, that's the easy part is to obey because we have to go out and do the work. But he's already laid the groundwork. He's already told us what we have to do. And he's given us that power to do it. You know, and we're just, you know, just sinner saved by grace. You know, to to be able to go through and do that, but we have to, we have to take that little bit of time. Otherwise, we'll we'll go crazy, we'll go crazy in despair, and we open up ourselves. Unfortunately, those little cracks. Then that's all the devil needs. You know. uh, Also, there's some confirmation in that too, because you need to count that as a blessing. Because if the devil's after you, that means you've made the right choice. Mm -hmm. That means God put you where you needed to be, but Satan's wanting to stop that. That's why he's working so hard on you because you made the right choice. You made the right decision for your family. So instead of, instead of being, having a pity party for yourself, you should be praising God because that is a blessing that he con- confirmed that you are in the right spot. You know, that that's where I come. That's what I've come to. You know, when we're in the valleys, we need to praise him too. Not not just on the mountaintops, but in the valleys, because in the valleys, he's still blessing us and he's still with us. He's not going to leave us. He's not going to leave nor forsake us. He tells us that. So he's right there with you. So I always count. I always counted a blessing when I get tested or if Satan's on me. Yeah, it's hard. It is. And sometimes I let it get to me. Sometimes I allow him to allow him to win. But it's still a blessing because I know that with him chasing me as hard as he's chasing, I'm doing something right for God. I do want to add, uh, just to clarify also, and this isn't disagreeing with you, so don't take it the wrong way, but I want to say we all we always need to be cautious about inquiring of God and seeking direct confirmation from him because you can get attacked by Satan while you're doing the wrong thing too. Oh, absolutely. And where, where that becomes especially problematic is, you know, Paul uses the metaphor of armor in Ephesians 6. The devil's always firing the fiery arrows at you, but you're going to feel it most deeply when you have holes in your armor. And if, if you're too committed to the idea that feeling an attack is definitely proof that you're doing the right thing, the most you're going to feel the attack is when you have a hole in your armor that God's trying to get you to address. So we definitely need to be very prayerful about that if there's something that God's using the attack to reveal in us that's not good. And that can only come through studying the word, inquiring of him, seeking confirmation about the direction you're going, if that makes sense. 
True story. Micah. <clears throat> Micah. <laughs> I'm too soft, too soft spoken to hear. <laughs> I, I think there's several different ways that you can go with when we talk about working for God. And I think most of the time we think of, you know, well, I'm not working for God unless I'm preaching in a stadium full of people, or I have, you know, three bestsellers on the book deal. By the way, mine's coming out soon, 1995. No, I'm, just, I'm being sarcastic. That's, a, that's an inside joke around the round table. I know you listeners. I know you listeners don't don't quite get that, but that's a that's an inside joke around the round table. That's why they're all laughing. But um, I am not writing a book. But I think that's sometimes that's how we judge judge success. Oh yeah. But the reality is, working for God is doing the daily things that He's called us to do. It's surrendering to Him daily. It's being His light, being His hands and feet. <laughs> And sometimes that is in the small things. You know, I think of, I was just reading the things that God, one of the things that God's been really working on me is faithfulness. You know, you think of the parables and God says, you're faithful in a little, I'll make you faithful in much. And so I think it's just being faithful in those little things that he's called us to do day by day, being his hands, his feet. You know, Mike mentioned, you know, that smile to somebody, that simple text message, hey, I'm praying for you. How's your day going? You know, those simple things that God leads us to do, that's that's working for God. We don't always look at it like that because we think, well, that's just a simple text. Or there's times that I've been on the phone with somebody and the they've said, man, I can't believe you just made my day. It's, I mean, I just can't believe that you took the time. And I'll look down at my phone at the end of the phone call and it was like three minutes or three and a half minutes. And I'm going, that was just a simple three-minute phone call, mm-hmm. yet it made their day. You know, that's that's God's purpose. That's you know we we think of well it was only a three minute phone call I didn't do much, but but you were being used by God and that's what it's about is being surrendered to Him day by day, renewed day by day, in Him and following following His Spirit and following His leading and sometimes that isn't big things. I mean He does do big things because He's a big God, so we should expect Him to do big things. And so I'm not saying He's not going to do big things. But I think sometimes it's being faithful in just the things that you're doing. You know, we're working, we're working for God. We're we're in the grind every single day, as you will. You know, in the trenches, if you will, every single every single day. And that's that's where He wants. He wants our faithfulness. Um, one of the verses that has really been I've been meditating on is First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight, and it says, "Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord." For as much as you know, your labor is not in vain. I mean, it's worth it. We may not see it right away. We may not see it in six months. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we do see the results right away. But sometimes you're going, okay, well, where is it really worth it? Yeah, because it's a seed that's planted. And you never know how God's going to use that seed. I've, I've used the illustration lots of times. Well, sometimes I get bothered by it, but... I'll be going through a series at church, there's a series of messages and preaching my heart out over and over on a certain topic. And a guest speaker comes in and preaches the same topic and everybody goes, oh yeah, that's that's awesome. That's, <laughs> and you're going, that's what I've been saying for the last six months. What's the deal? But, but it's the seed. See, it's the seed that's been planted and planted and planted and God used that guest speaker to fertilize that seed. And so we never know how God's using us in, in life. And I think it's important when we think about working for him, not to just think in terms of the bestseller book or the preaching in stadiums. It's, it's the daily grind, living for him, daily surrendering, 
trusting in him with all of our heart and leaning not on our own understanding. Mike, Carl. <laughs> As both of Paper, rock, scissors. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think sometimes, uh, much like a lot of things in, in your walk work, you know, working for God is, is, is difficult because it requires you to put yourself out there and there's always battles internally with, do I know enough? Um, am I going to say the right thing? Um, we had talked a little at small group last night about, uh, the fear of being one of those people. My, somebody going to be like, Oh, look, here's a Bible thumper. Oh, look, or automatically, oh, here's somebody who thinks they're better than me because they, they know Jesus or they're going to tell me how to live my life or they're going to. So there's that fear that I think that comes along for me in it. Um, and uh, because sometimes, too, you won't worry about, well, I can, you know, I can share it with somebody I don't know. Oh, heaven forbid it's somebody I know or heaven forbid it's somebody I used to do bad things with. <laughs> You know, because they they knew me then, if you will. Um, and and most of it, you know, like we're transplants here in Missouri, but even, you know, in the 20 something years we've been here now, it was even claiming to be a Christian, but still doing the bad things. Like, you know, I had a friend that would tell me, you know, oh, I love the kind of Christian you are. And I'm like, what do you mean by that? Oh, well, you know, you party with us on Saturday night and then go to church, but you don't, you know, tell us how we're supposed to live. And it devastated me because it was like, man, I'm, I'm missing the whole thing. I'm, you know, trying to, trying to tell people, you know, about Jesus and whatever in a very minuscule way, because I'm not comfortable enough in my own skin and Christianity and it and stuff. So, um, sometimes that's still something I struggle with, you know, obviously with, uh, being able to share it because of what I did previously. And, um, I, and obviously that's not even like the worst things I had done in my life, but still it's that, that heart and working for God is, is, is not easy because you, that accountability talk about the accountability and that's truly when you're accountable. It's when you're held accountable is when you're saying I'm doing it for God and I'm doing it for the right reasons. And I'm trying to do this, this, life of mine right so yeah for me i think it's the uh hey, you pull the mic back over yourself ronnie you got something to say no okay you were next <laughs> okay. i was gonna call on you i think i was gonna call on you if you didn't answer right. no, let's see let's see how this works you, you did you got yourself uh for me as somebody mentioned what's the point you know that that temptation of what's the point i think that's where i've been at um me too i didn't want to come tonight me too. <laughs> I've I prayed specifically to God that you know if you if you want me to go tonight, then give me something specific that you want me to say. Otherwise, I'll just stay home, thinking He won't give me anything. And then He did, and here I am. But <laughs> welcome. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so easy to, especially if you're in a season where you know God is redirecting you on some things. That gives the devil an opportunity to come in and, and cause you to doubt everything mm. and create confusion and that's sort of where i've been is you know I'm, I'm unheard unheeded set aside anyway what's the point why even bother telling me anything god why even bother giving me a word to share i don't have the right name or the right title nobody's going to listen anyway why do you tell things to people that aren't heard you know what i mean that's kind of where i've been at i'm just being transparent and honest no, that's where i've been it. um 
and then he keeps giving you stuff to say anyway and you're like okay <laughs> i guess well it's like we were talking about earlier the tell god i got a plan <laughs> watch him laugh yeah oh you do oh you know it's it's that adage it's because yeah. it's this is what i think and this is you know i'm, I'm feeling this way and then he's gonna he's gonna challenge you in it mm-hmm. you know? or as you like to say refine you in it yeah which is very true and it's always for me anyway so much easier to tell somebody else that but when it comes and it hits me uh, it's like i lose my my head mm-hmm. i lose my head i lose everything because i'm just like wait wait a minute wait a minute and, you know i can tell ronnie or carl hey this i see you doing this i see you doing that or you need you know this is where you're strong this is you know but then that internal you're like mm, i ain't got nothing you know, and you yeah. both know I've been there, done that, you know, me too. And, you know, so it is, it's difficult. And I, that's, yeah, it's difficult. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Um, and that was the word that I really keyed in on when Will said it was refinement. Cause I, I, that's, that's where he really had my heart at. And it's been heavy on my heart for a while anyway, but the topic working for God, I think too often we try to do God's work our own way. And to me, that's where the devil is the most deceptive is when he convinces you to do God's work your way. Um, you know, we're all building on the foundation of Jesus Christ, but what are we building on it? If you read, you know, we had our scripture was Psalm 26 too. I think it's important to read the next couple of verses also. And David says, for your faithful love guides me and I live by your truth. I do not sit with worthless hypocrites. I hate a crowd of evildoers and I do not sit with the wicked. That's what he's testing us toward. You know, that's the foundation he wants us to build on. And too often I think we can use even ministry as a means of distracting ourselves from what God's trying to do with us individually. If we're not building correctly on the foundation, our ministry is for nothing. We can do it in God's name all we want. We can, we can slather it with a lot of, of references to Jesus all we want. But if we're building trash on that foundation, we're spreading that to the ones that are hearing us. We've got to make sure that we're doing God's work his way, right? Like we're coming up on, <laughs> this is just what he put on me, guys. So don't be mad at me. I'm, I'm speaking from personal experience because I used to do it too. I was the biggest in the horror stuff, um, the real demonic imagery. This, this this holiday coming up that you can tr- take a five-minute drive through our town and see the demonism and witchcraft everywhere. That opens doors, guys. I've experienced how it opens doors, and I'm going to say this really bluntly. You cannot command a demon to flee in Jesus' name if your behavior isn't inviting that demon to stay. You can't. Amen. It doesn't work like that. At some point, we've got to stop compromising, but the problem is we have too many churches that are encouraging us to continue compromising and calling it Christian liberty. It's not Christian liberty to engage in the things that the Father says are abominable, that he hates, that fills him with loathing, and that he commands us to have nothing at all to do with. We can't. That's serving two masters. That's drinking from two cups. That's eating from two tables. It just doesn't work like that. And it's dangerous, and God hates it. He hated it when I did it, and he let me walk through a horrible, horrible valley. And it wasn't something he allowed me to be delivered from overnight. There was real demonism that got invited into my life because of this stuff. And it took time to deliver out of that. And I worry for people. 
I really do because churches are inviting that into the parking lots. Yeah, sad because there's a lot of mainstream churches that is going to celebrate that holiday. They're calling it different stuff, but it's the exact same thing. It is. And I just All use they're that, doing is putting a different name on it. Yeah, and I just use that as an example because we do it too much. I do it too much. I've had holes in my armor for a while, and I've been just convincing myself that I'm just getting attacked. And that's why I keyed in on that, Bob, and it wasn't a rebuke to you. Oh, yeah, so don't take it that fine. way. But I've been using that as my own excuse for a while. I'm getting attacked by the enemy because I'm doing everything right. Now, I've been feeling the attacks from the enemy because I'm doing a lot of things wrong. And he's not going to affirm me when I'm doing wrong. Yeah, and I, and I really didn't mean that just because you're getting attacked from the enemy that you're doing what God wants you to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you got a guy over here that is, eh, you know, doing somewhat so-so. And then you got a guy that's really on fire for God. Who do you think, who do you think Satan's really going to go after? Yep. It's not going to be this guy over here because he's already got him. He's already got him. He's going to go, you know what? He's going to go mess with him a little bit. Keep him, keep him at bay right there where he's got him. But he's going to go after that man that's really and truly trying to follow God. Yeah. And, you know, that's why I say counted a blessing, you know, when you know you're being attacked because you're following God. You're tracking you're trying, in the right direction. Yeah, you're tracking in the right direction. I'm not saying counted a blessing because you think you're doing something for God. When you know you're doing it for God, that's where the blessing comes in. Yeah, just make sure you don't just, miss what God's telling exactly. you and what he has for you. I want to read something else. It's from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, starting in verse 11, because I mentioned the foundations. And Paul says, no one can lay any foundation other than what has been laid down. That foundation is Jesus Christ. That's what we're building on. Then he says this, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become obvious for the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire. Mm -hmm. The fire will test the quality of each one's work. If anyone's work that he has built survives, he will receive a reward. But if anyone's work is burned up, he will experience loss. He himself will be saved, but only as through fire. At other places, that day is called the day of weeping and gnashing of teeth. Because I'm telling you, if you think you're okay with just getting in by the skin of your teeth and you won't care, you're wrong. You're going to be weeping that day if that's the attitude you have. And what's really frightening to me about this verse, he says that the day will reveal it. I'm fully convinced that there's a lot of people that are building with wood, hay, and straw that are convinced that believe they're building in gold, silver, and precious stones. And they're not going to find out until that day what they were really building with because they weren't studying his word and they weren't committed to applying what he says. Because we've been deceived by doctrine that tells us that we can do God's will our way and we can ignore his commandments whenever we disagree with them. That's not what he says. It's never what he says. Nowhere in scripture will you ever find that theology. It's not there. Those are the opinions of men, and we've got to be really cautious about what we're building. This is just a metaphor for our behavior and our faith and what we believe about Jesus and how we put that into practice. Absolutely. And, you know, that's what that's what Satan depends on. He depends on us not knowing the scripture, mm-hmm. not knowing what God has set out for us. You know, the Bible, that is our guidebook. It has got the do's and the don'ts and the definitely do not. You know, I mean, it. it all you got to do is just study it out. That's why when I preach, I'm like, go look at them verses. 
read it front to back. Go backwards some more. Go forward yep. more. You read the whole thing. Don't just take what I'm telling you out of context. That's how that's how most Christians get messed up. Yep, hundred percent. Because they believe what the guy behind the pulpit is saying without looking it up for themselves. If you're not if you're not digging in, not looking for yourself, you're fooling yourself. Because no, I'm you in are, trouble. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm sorry. Simple. I I can't. I mean, I can't read something and comprehend it. That's what I'm saying. I'm in trouble. You don't got to read it. Listen to it. Well, I know, but that's what you just said. But you're believing the words. You're still digging it out. But yeah, whatever way you can absorb it. Yes. There you go. If you got to hear it, if you see it, because this is the questions I was asking Saturday morning because of Matthew seven twenty one through twenty three. Those verses scare me to death because I think. Or I feel like I'm trying to do God's will, and, and you know, and it still scares me to the point of where that day I stand in front of Him, and He says He didn't that go away from me because I I never knew you. It just scares the living dickens out of me, you know, because I can't get it. I I listen, That's and I you- try to observe observe absorb, you know, what I can. But when it comes to going back and like reading it and studying it myself, I that's, don't, I don't, I can't. I think that's the misconception that you have of it. It's not asking you to memorize the book. I got that. It's asking you to live it. And are you living it? I'm trying. Right. That's what, that's the whole point. I think you're trying to seek what God would have you do with your life and live your life that way. You're seeking that relationship as opposed to just trying to read the book and memorize it when you're when you're listening to this stuff when you're listening I'm i have sure my bible have, open oh, oh yes and you're reading along with it correct the thing is is what is that scripture speaking to you at that time that's what you go off of what is the scripture telling you when you're reading it or listening to it and following along <laughs> I'm the same way. It took me a long time to to be able to absorb because I wasn't a reader. I'm still not a reader. The only book I read is the Bible. I ain't gonna lie. That's the only book I read. I don't I don't pick a book up for anything else. Matter of fact, I don't even use instructions. I look at the pictures. <laughs> right on. <laughs> I don't read them instructions. But you know, the thing is, is what you gotta look at is when you're reading that and you're listening to what God's got to say to you. What's he saying to you? What is he absolutely telling you when you're reading that scripture or listening to it? A lot of, a lot of times it's, uh, you're wrong, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> but what's he truly saying to you? I mean, seriously, you know, there's, there'll be times that I'm, I'm studying, I'm studying, and I'm reading, and I'm like, oh, I didn't even know that. And I, I'm today old of finding this out. Well, what Sunday, kind of revelations is he giving you? Well, That's so, what I'm asking. We had our study Matthew seven on Saturday, and then Sunday Sorry. pretty much hit pretty much the same thing, just in a different book. And the whole time he's talking, I can almost relate my whole life to everything he's saying, and it made me it made me feel bad at some points, and it made me feel good at some points, you know. But it made me check myself and where I am. And where I probably should be striving for, but like I said, once again, I and then that gives me that that uh, 
that fire I need to start going again. And I'll do it for a couple of days. Like reading the Bible. It's like, I can do this. So I go home, I grab my Bible and I start reading. You know, I grabbed that one year Bible. First night I grabbed it. You know, it says you can just read like one, one chapter, like January 1st. You read it one day, January 2nd, you read next. Well, that first night I read the first six. Well, guess what? I haven't touched it since. And it's sitting right there by my couch. And all I got to do is grab it. But my focus is too much on that TV that's up on my wall. Do we need to come take your TV down? Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> Unplug it. I just need to get my closet <laughs> that I need. We're going to shut the TV out for a while. Let's do this together. Yeah. Because there's nothing more intimate you can do with your spouse than reading God's Word. And the thing is, she does read it. She uh, she has a time where she, now granted she doesn't read it out of her Bible, but she does, her app, you know, she's reading it. Right. And, uh, and she's probably a lot further along than I am, to tell the truth. You know, so, because I'm a, I'm a word of mouth kind of guy. I'm a I kind of guy, you know, seeing Visual. what's going on, seeing and hearing kind of guy. And I, I take it to memory. Are you seeking to apply God's word as best as you understand it? Pretty much. That's how God approaches you. It's, it's ongoing sanctification that we're all going to experience for our entire lifetime. But it's a matter of how willing we are to engage in it. And, and this is a reason why God sets up shepherds to help guide individuals into understanding. And it's also why um, we're warned about becoming a teacher if you're not in a good place for it. Because the ones that are, that are teaching bad doctrine and bad theology that are leading people to be okay with sin are going to be held to a much stricter judgment than people that are just misled. If he looks in your heart and he sees that Ron had a heart for me that was seeking to apply everything that I told him as best as he understood it, you're building with gold, silver, and precious stones. Yep. May not have been perfect. None of us are, but he sees your heart. But if you have the heart of somebody that's much more in love with man-made doctrine than the word of God himself, that's wood, stubble, and straw. I don't care if you're a pastor with a thousand people standing in front of you every Sunday. If you're teaching those people to sin against God's commandments, that's wood. That's stubble, that's straw, and it's going to be burned up. And be he's, he's going to be judged way more and harshly it's, than It's just so hard to see for yourself, though, or for me. It's hard for me to see it. That's what community's you know what for, I mean? though. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm going to be able to see holes in your armor better than you can and vice versa. You know what I mean? Yes. And when you see that, you have an obligation to let that person know, look, there's a hole in your armor. I can see it. Maybe you can't. And this he, is going to hurt even, hearing this, but you need to know. But see, that's the thing. There's sometimes when I want to do that, but yet if I do, I'm uh, swear I'm looking for here. Vulnerable. Pretty harsh. much. No, I'm not harsh. I'm harsh at for bringing it up. That's the risk you got to take. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm the bad guy. And then all I feel like is how do I fix this? Because obviously I made this person or these people upset because I called it out. Well, let me tell you something. It's much, you're much better off being hated by a person for telling them what they needed to hear than allowing a person to walk into separation because yeah. you made them feel good about their unrepentance. Just remember this. The truth hurts. Period. I know, and I try to, but like I said, somehow it it always 
not always, but quite a bit, quite a few times, it's came back to where, dang, I probably shouldn't have said that, you know, because of where they're at. Mm -hmm. Maybe it should have been worded different because nope. then they silent give me the silent treatment or, or you know, I get a phone call from somebody else. Hey, did you do this or that? Or upset. We'll, we'll get over it. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> He'll get over it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you guys, I'm going to tell you guys something that happened to me when I was at the gathering. We was having a, we was having a, uh, a community thing there at the, at the church. And, uh, there was these two girls there and they claimed to be, you know, they claimed to be lesbians. And I walked up and they looked at me and they're like, am I going to go to hell because I'm a lesbian? And my answer was yes. And my wife quickly corrected me, but yes, you are. If you're not going to, if you're not changing, you're going to hell. You know, you That's can't sugarcoat it. You know, they asked me, I told them, I'm going to tell you guys, I'm a harsh guy. When you ask me a question and, I, and I'm just going to be blunt, I'm just going to tell you how it is. No, no, it's not lie about it. I don't sugarcoat nothing. It just, it is what it is. If it hurts your feelings, I'm sorry. Apparently it had to. Apparently hate, it had to happen. Yeah, and I hate the idea of losing friendships over that, because then I'm like, well, gone it. You know, were they your friends though? I don't know. I'm just saying, were they your friends? If I think, I think you have to remember, as much as we talk about how much do you have to hate somebody to not tell them about Jesus, how much do you also have to hate somebody you love? And not correct them, be correct, you know, because of what you know of Jesus. I just don't want them to, if, if I come the wrong way with it and then they do, I don't mind if they hate me, I'm, I'm okay with it. I don't want them to hate Jesus because of what I said. And you're not wrong about that approach does matter. Like the, the way we talk to people and the way we correct people and the way we chastise, it does matter. And, and being discerning and very, very uh, prayerful with him about what does this person need in the moment. Sometimes they need a harsh word. Sometimes they're at that point where they need they need harsh. Not everybody needs that. You know what I mean? And not everybody's at a point where that's going to be effective. So that's something that you have to be very uh, um, right. discerning about. You got to read the person, see how they're, see where they're at and why. But it's I mean, sugar nope. No. They asked a blunt question. I give them a blunt answer. No. You know, yeah, I just, I can't, I can't lie. And if I see it, or if they ask me, like you said, Bob, I'm going to tell them what I know. And it, you know, sometimes they just take it the wrong way. And and it seems like I, I feel like I'm the bad guy because I gave the right news. I mean, it was something that needed to be said, but it was something they did not want to hear. Paul told an assembly that there was an individual, one of those assemblies that got to a point where there was, there was somebody that he told him to just kick him out of the church. Yep. They weren't repenting. They were drawing others into sin. They were corrupting those around them, and he had them remove them. That That's something that, that if a church did that today, you'd think, oh, that's not very Christ-like. That's not very Jesus-like. Paul had had a church do that once. So there there does come a time where that's that's the only path forward. I think those times are rare. I don't, I don't think it should be overused, but I don't think it should be underused either because no. somebody spreading sin in the camp that needs to be removed for the Just good of the ones around Just makes me question myself. Am, am I in the right place here? Am I doing the right thing? 
I mean, that's that's what it does to me. It makes me question where I'm at, and then I have to pray about it, or I have to call somebody because it's eating me up inside because I don't know where to go with it. I don't know what to do. I don't think there's anything wrong, you know. Obviously, first and foremost, praying about it and then no. seeking counsel on it. That that should be your first go-to. Yeah. Should I praying to him, pray, talking pray, to him about yeah. it. I mean, you have to look. You have to look at the times to where you can, like, off the bat, think about when you prayed about it and realize you had to change something. You know, when we talk about the DMV story, and you knew as soon as you were talking to God, you knew he was telling you to go back. You had to say something. Right. Could have done the easy thing. You could have not done anything. You know, you could have called. You could have done all kinds of other things. But he said, you need to go back. And you did. You listened. You know, sometimes when it, when it gets into people that you know better or family or whatever, it, again, though you're talking earthly. You know, you, you made the commitment of listening to God when he talked about somebody you could, could potentially never see again. Got to do that same thing with the people that you see all the time. Well, let's pull the needle off the record. Did you say yours? Uh, as a wise man once said, I asked the question. Yes, I stole that. Who wants to go first? Well, don't be getting off that easy, Ronnie. <laughs> How's God using you? Yes. How are you working for God? Right. I know how he's working on me. Uh, I think I got accustomed to not paying attention to the small things, like like I said. And uh, like today, today was not the best of days. But um, better than the last couple of weeks, anyways. But the guy that I was waiting on and already doing the job for finally showed up. But instead of throwing the attitude at him, <laughs> I was just talking to him face to face, right? And having a conversation. He's on my team. So, like, and then I looked down at his wrist and saw that he had a cross bracelet on. And I was like, oh, last week, two weeks ago, you probably wouldn't even notice that. Right? Like, Carl's got a new bracelet on. And, like, his name's not Carl. The professor has a new bracelet. <laughs> but he had a cross bracelet. And, like, last week, if he would have came and helped, like, I wouldn't have known because I wasn't looking for those details or those things. I was full of me and less of him. So, I don't know uh, how he's using me. That's to be determined, I guess. That's that audible because I'm not. I feel like I feel wrong. I feel that I'm that I exceed at doing the big things for him well, but the small things is where I'm lacking, and so I'm working towards that. 
And then I went out of my comfort zone and sought wise counsel about that as well. Because I didn't want to be that guy. So, now will you go with your final thought? Thank you. Was that so hard? Thank you for Yes, sharing. it was a little harder than... Thank you for sharing. Seriously, thank you for sharing. Uh, for me, just discernment and obedience. And obedience for dis discernment. Uh, yeah, just trusting God of when I need to say something or do something or step back in a moment and be like, God, is 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 that the moment right now I need to bring up you to this person that just yelled at me? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or these people that are yelling profanities at someone else and I want to defend those people, but be like, direct your attention over here. And... <clears throat> so, yes. <clears throat> Waiting. Micah, we'll just go around the table. So often we do exactly what we've talked about is we make a plan and ask God to bless the plan. <laughs> and yeah. then, you know, really, and God says, really what we should be doing is having God make the plan <laughs> and we're executing his plan. So God's in it all. It's not nice. <laughs> it's not, it's not my plan. It's not, you know, it's God orchestrating the whole, the whole thing. And, and we're living in a day where it's time for radical Christianity. Yeah, and I don't, and I don't mean in the sense of making a fool of ourselves or making people think that, you know, doing stupid stuff. But I mean just radical Christian living. I mean that's living for God, having people think we're a little bit crazy. That's not a bad thing. I mean we have people that are willing to to stand up and have protests on the news over Hamas that is a barbaric, radical, terrorist group against God's people. And they're standing up and saying, oh, Israel needs to just stand down and Israel needs to just... These are, these are God's people. And we're standing back and saying very little. We're saying not a whole lot. And we're just kind of letting, letting them do it because we don't want to rock the boat. It's time that we rock the boat. We're living in a day and age, I believe, where God is calling us to stand up and be radical in our faith. And radical in our faith means standing up for what is right, standing up for the truth, not what we think is right, but what he thinks is right. Standing against the demonic influences that Carl was talking about that's going on this month. Standing against the lackadaisical, apathetic Christian, Christian living and to be radical in our faith. And I think that's what God's calling us to do, to step up to the plate and be his hands and his feet. Oh, me, Ronnie? <laughs> I uh, I don't really know what to say. I, uh, you know, you got, sometimes you're on fire for God. Sometimes the fire kind of dwindles a little bit then sometimes God just leads you into the fire. So, I mean, I don't, other than, other than that, I don't, I don't really know what to say. 
You know what all the Christians have in common from that reference that I read from 1 Corinthians? All of their work is tested in fire. Every single one of them. Even the ones that did right. Mm-hmm. We realize that nobody can see, but we just had a creeper bob at the, at the window of the door <laughs> standing up there. And everybody stopped and looked, and we had a pause. And <laughs> he was just trying to get out of his final thought. Yeah. Mike? Uh, he came in. He can go after you. Okay, well, make it easy. I don't have anything. Hey. Nope, that's my final word. I didn't get off. True to that. Punch a card, do whatever you need to do. But I, I, No skimming by Mike. You got something. I got nothing. Well, something's on your mind or you wouldn't be speechless. Nope. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> You've been thinking quite hard over there. I can see it. I'm, I'm just nothing I want to talk about. Okay. Well, that was that, right that was the deuces. <laughs> All right, Carl, we'll let Schmike go last. <laughs> Your favorite spot, Mike? Yeah, my favorite spot after Carl. <laughs> um, before I give my final thought, I want to read something from Titus, chapter two, starting in verse eleven. Paul says. The grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, instructing us to deny godlessness and worldly lusts and to live in a sensible, righteous, and godly way in the present age. While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, he gave himself for us to redeem us from all. Anybody that doesn't have it pulled up want to guess as to what we're redeemed from? Right. I got pulled up, but I Sin. don't know where we're at. Close. More specifically, lawlessness. Redeem us from all lawlessness and to cleanse for himself a people for his own possession, eager to do good works. Works are a part of our salvation walk. I don't care what anybody tells you. If they're telling you the opposite, they're disagreeing with what Scripture says. And the law defines our walk. I don't care what anybody tells you. If they tell you the opposite, they're disagreeing with what Scripture says. Because lawlessness there is from the Greek anomia, and it means to be opposed to all or part of law. And in context, it's God's law. And when Paul wrote that before his letters had been canonized, there was one document that defined God's law for us. And it's what we dismissively refer to as the Old Covenant. Yeah. But you also shouldn't have works without faith. No. And that was never a paradigm. No. It was always faith with works. Absolutely. He always redeemed a people and led them into the lifestyle he wanted them to live. It was like that coming out of Egypt, and it's like that now. Um, The problem is we have adopted an attitude that we think that Jesus sanitizes our sin. That he didn't redeem us from lawlessness, but he redeemed us onto lawlessness. That's how it's treated. Like, because we have Jesus now, it's okay for us to be lawless. It's not. Your works don't save you. They don't redeem you. The redemption comes first. That's why Paul leads off there with redemption. That comes first, but it should lead you somewhere. If you want to be building on the foundation of Jesus Christ with gold, silver, and precious stones that will not be burned up, 
you need to you need to be obeying God. You need to be doing things His way. You need to be obeying Him His way, not man's way. Otherwise, it's just wood, stubble, and straw, or gold mixed with straw, and you're going to have loss there too. It matters because God says it matters. I uh, I recently started a new position at a nonprofit called iPoor Life. We work with at-risk youth. And by the way, that's where I, I completely agree with the heart of what you were saying, Mike, about setting things on a calendar. Because if God calls you to do something and you don't prioritize it and plan it, it'll just slip away and you won't ever how, do how, it. How can he be the priority? Yeah. We haven't set him as the priority. I, I you know, I see that in my job. You know, we can have a max of like 15 kids on our roster. If I don't have things on a calendar every work, I got to meet with them every week. If I don't have it on a calendar, I just won't do it. I'll forget about it. You know what I mean? If we don't prioritize that and plan around it, we will miss it. But we have, as part of our program, working with them, we're not counselors, we're not mentors, we're more like coaches. And we have a program, which means we have a curriculum and a workbook that we, that we walk them through to help them focus their life in the right way, to be more productive moving forward. Let's talk about things like relationships, identity, situations, etc. If I, in my position, said, you know what, to my boss, said, I, you know, I like this section on relationships. I agree with that. Identity is okay. I agree with most of that. I don't like situations. I'm going to take what I agree with out of this workbook, and I'll, I'll teach them that, but I'm going to add my own thing. I'm going to take situations out, and I'm going to add my own chapter in because I think I have a better way. I don't think your tried-and-true workbook is really effective. I think I know a better way to do my job. What would happen? So much for the job. Yeah. I'd get reprimanded, and if I didn't correct the behavior, I'd get fired, and rightfully so. That's exactly how we approach God. Yep. We come to His Word, and we say, you know what, God, I like this stuff. I agree with this. This agrees with my doctrine, my denomination, my theology, and my personal opinion. But this other stuff, I don't know about that. It would, it would, it would make me look crazy. It'd make me look weird. It'd make me lose some friends. It'd make me lose some position in the church. I wouldn't be approved of. So I think I know a better way, God. I think I'm going to take this stuff that I agree with, this other stuff, I'm going to remove that and add my own thing because I have a better way, God, and you're going to accept it because I say Jesus a lot because I pray to you. You have to accept this. What's God's response going to be? One Corinthians tells us yep. that gets burned up and we suffer loss. What was that? Oh, you want to share somebody, the class? Said, somebody said something about the Catholics. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not even getting into that. No. <laughs> we got to make sure we're working God's way. Yeah, we absolutely. do. Every day is an opportunity to redirect every single day. But at some point, we've got to acknowledge that somewhere along the line, we were deceived into moving in a direction God never authorized. And it doesn't matter how many godly men throughout history with high profiles and big followings say that we should go in a direction God didn't authorize. We have to acknowledge that if Scripture says the opposite, we do what Scripture says, period. Correct. Period. I don't know how else to say it. I don't know what it's going to take. A shaking is coming. Maybe it's already here. I don't know. At some point, we've got to hear God's voice and only His voice and follow Him. Mm -hmm. That's my final thought. Before you go, Mike, I do got one. It's 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4. Says, for we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. You know, our purpose 
is to please God, not people. That's our purpose. That's what we're supposed to do. Please him, not people. Ron, I think that's that I know. I, I'm listening. Right. I'm hearing it. He alone examines the motives of our hearts. So, you know, all you got to do is please God. That's it. That's our whole job as Christians, pleasing him, loving him. That's my final thought. I don't like following Bob either. Well, I, didn't like him. <laughs> I didn't like him very much either. <laughs> I ain't following him, but ouch. Y'all can thank Carl for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, my final thought's been weighing on me, I, I think, since I first spoke today uh, with, I think everybody can hear it, the listens to the podcast that we have a community here, um, you know, within our, our, our guys here that, that call each other on our stuff that um, keep us in our, our guidelines and within our, in the railings, if you will, of the highway as we're going down. Um, so I just want to express to find that. Uh, I want to say, if, if you can't find that in your local area, reach out to us. You know, we, we can be that community. We can, you know, talk to you, pray for you, all of the things, um, you know, and, and for the guys here, I, I want to say, because we all know that eventually we're going to have some issues because we're human okay the next time you have an issue i don't care if it's within the next 10 minutes within the next hour next day week or whatever why don't you try reaching out to somebody you don't normally reach out to in our community here or whatever you know so that we don't fall into the the comfortable so maybe somebody's going to have a different perspective or maybe somebody's not just going to agree with you or somebody's you know what i mean so that we can get a true community going of I need all of these guys. I need all of these people. I need all of these things to to stay to stay in the boundaries that God wants me to stay in. Because sometimes we don't reach out to certain people because we're afraid what they're going to say. They're going to tell us the hard truth as opposed to being the gentle one or whatever. So that's a little more hard. I don't like you much either. <laughs> Coffee Mike, will you praise that? <clears throat> Most certainly will. <clears throat> Father, we come to you tonight, a group of men that gather weekly to be led by the Holy Spirit to spread the good news of Jesus Christ and the troubles that we have in our walks. Father, we hope that these words that are spoken here tonight is exactly what you want to have said or not said. I pray, Father, that those that listen get something from this and can apply it to their life. Above all, we thank you for Jesus who died on the cross for our sins and rose again. He is our advocate. He is everything for us. We thank you for that, Father. We thank you for all the blessings that you've given us, the ones we recognize and the ones we don't. I ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And until next time, we'll catch you on the flip side. Then I noticed someone standing next to me in the river of life. Still carried the wounds and the scars. Took to save my life.
covered by my blood. Singing glory, yeah, amen. Singing glory.